Hey there, you're looking well, don't go changing. Uh, but welcome to Jumpcast. Uh, it's another episode, we're here back again uh, to give you the reviews, news and everything in between from the world of film from the last week. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Simon Whitlock, and joining me this week are the other two that make this a whole. Alex Gilston. Hello. How do you know what they look like, Simon? What? Exactly. What do Hello. You mean? What? what? Huh? Yeah, you um, said, yeah, that your introduction. On. Oh, I'm just I'm just assuming. I just always assume that people people who listen to Jumpcast are very well read and you know easy on the eyes. Yeah, and that's a that's a universal rule. Attractive inside and out. Exactly, exactly. They they are Completely. the perfect human specimens. You know, if an alien came down to Earth and they went, we want like the peak of human performance. Uh, mentally and physically, uh, they'd go for anyone who listens to Jumpcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So anyway, as I was saying, Alex, hello. Hi. How are you? I, I'm, I'm all right, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, back after a uh, brief week away is Charlotte Harrison. Ahoy. Ahoy. And how how are you doing? How was your week off? It was good, thank you. Uh, life is really reopening, and I don't think I have the coping strategies for it. Hence, last week's breather last week. That that is totally fair enough. Sometimes, yeah, these things can get the better of us. Um, but well, we are going to be taking care of business in terms of the reviews for the Downton Abbey: A New Era and Crush. We're also going to be talking about all the latest trailers, including the trailers for Don't Worry, Darling. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris and the Al Yankovic story, and of course the news. But before we get into that, as ever, we're going to be having a quick catch up on what's been catching our eye outside of the big stories and the big releases. So, Charlotte, what have you uh, what have you caught in your week off? I'm still going through the expanse, not quite at the light speed rate I was going at um, a couple of weeks ago. I'm now in season six, I think Ooh. episode two. So I've got a few episodes left till it finishes. And I think that's why I'm stalling a bit because I know that's that's it. Oh like, gosh! Do you remember that of Futurama where I think it was the anchovies or sardines? They suddenly rediscover and there's like a limited supply, and they oh, get really yes. and angsty about there's a very limited supply. That's why I'm at. Oh, okay. Oh yes, yeah, I know exactly which one you mean. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you are treasuring them, like rationing them, if even. It's just so good. I I struggle to think. Of a recent example of, okay, June aside, of science fiction that feels really believable. Like how they mm. show space travel is really realistic because quite often you see them zipping about perfectly fine. When when you think of the impact and the toll flying just in a plane from one country to another has on us, imagine through space. Oh my goodness. That I isn't believe- like the main feature of the show. There is action, there is conspiracy, there is thriller bit of romance um but i think primarily the reason i'd advocate this show is because it's a realistic depiction of space travel (laughs) (laughs) well okay i i was going to put this on my list before but it really is going to have to go on there because yeah that does sound fascinating to be honest um how are we doing on the below deck 
front. Any uh, any any new developments? There wasn't an episode today. Oh, I know. I can okay. see your hands shaking, Charlotte. It's <laughs> every <laughs> Tuesday for about I'd say a year. There's been an episode because there's been different theories and they've managed to. But then it's a mid-season break. These Americans like their mid-season oh. break, so like a week off. It's lefty um, jonesing. A little bit. I, I wish they would tell me instead of me logging on. I'm like, la la la, load it up, and then I was like, I've seen this episode before, and then I look and I Google, and there was no episode. Oh, gosh. Then hopefully it's one on Friday of Down Under, but I've not checked this. Now I'm concerned. Blimey. Well, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed because I yeah, so. two see. weeks in a row. I don't know. I don't know. If we want to see what happens please. to you. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, uh, Alex, what about yourself? What have you been catching up with in the last week or so? Well, first of all, I just wanted to bring up. I I have mentioned that I've been watching it. It's called Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars. Right. Okay. And it's just get it. We're like five weeks in now, and it's just getting increasingly more stupid. Because right. like the the episode is split into two, so you have a, like a kind of a, a mini challenge, and then you have the main um, a maxi challenge. challenge. Yeah, maxi challenge, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the the mini the like the the smaller challenge this week is that they had to uh, traverse through a cave and then abseil in a cave to go and find um cheese okay was that wookie hole cheese wasn't it uh well where they were they what they do is with with like the wheels of cheese is they age them like underground in these caves because of like the conditions that the cave leaves but like, I did, what's that got to do with him investing money into these people's businesses? Like, I just don't really understand. Hmm. Just yeah, it just seems weird. And then he just keeps like being really mean for no reason. But I suppose he's made a living off of doing that. So yeah. Well, let's see. Confused uh, by it. It it does sound confusing to be honest. I'll be I'll be completely candid. I don't really know what's going on beyond outlandish stunts for the sake of television. Yeah, because he keeps like doing the whole, like really trying to string together reasons for doing it. Like he said, he says said something about how, you know, when you're in the food business, you've got to keep a level head and that's why I'm making them go through these caves. And it's like, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like the, in- the intent's there. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know why he's not doing Kitchen Nightmares again. That was made sense. Oh, that was cracking as well. I mean, Hell's Kitchen is my favourite Gordon Ramsay thing, just because of... I don't know, yeah. I think it's brilliant, but yeah. Very hmm. strange. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the thing that I've actually <laughs> enjoyed this week, uh, Amazon Prime brought out its uh, remake or slash kind of not really a remake, is it? More like a an adaptation of mm. the French TV series Call My Agent. Okay, yeah. Called 10%. And I, I watched the first couple of episodes and I put a tweet out and I was like, do you know what? It's it's okay. I feel like it just it justifies its existence. Um, And then I, I was kind of saying, but I feel like I could just be watching... That you know the original version. 
that's uh, cut, more cut, unfair. Cut to two days later, and I've watched all of it, and I really want a season two. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's re- it is really, really, really good. Um, I think everybody in it is brilliant. I think the celebrity cameos are very uh, thought out and uh, well done. Um, yeah, it's it's just brilliant. It's funny, very funny at times. One of the characters has um, an unhealthy obsession with David Tennant, uh, which unhealthy? you know very relatable. Yeah. Um, you say, can such a thing be unhealthy? True. No, probably not. But yeah, no, it is. It's brilliant, and if um. You know, you've ever heard of the French version, or if you've even watched the French version, or if you haven't, just give it a watch because I think it's worth watching. Hmm. Well, all right then. I will uh, add that to the list on top of the expanse. Goodness me, that list is growing and growing. Uh, it doesn't help that I have, for the last week, been uh, re watching uh, for the billionth time Lost. Uh, it's on. Uh, Disney Plus at the moment, and uh, oh, yes. I can't control myself. It's just so Moorish. I'm I'm one of the people who liked it all the way through. Um, well, I mean, apart from the series three dip, but you know. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I I was completely. When satisfied. you say series three dip, do you mean in the middle? Because the end of series three is brilliant. Oh God, yeah, the bit with um, expose specifically. Yes. So yeah, like. Episodes like like the teen episodes, okay, of series yeah. three, yeah. But yeah, that really that really is a nadir uh, of the series. Um, but yeah, it really does pick back up again once the not Penny's boat stuff happens. So, um, but yeah, I am enjoying it at the moment. I'm about midway through series one and just thinking, oh my god, this is proper telly. So this is great. Where, where do you land on the uh, the Great Lost Divide? I am completely satisfied with the ending. I think it makes perfect sense. And I admit that it might have been not the ending they thought it was going to be when they started, but it's the ending that we got, and it's good. Nice. Yeah. That answer has big dick energy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to move on to the news from there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like no confirmation or denial look I think you know it's um... <laughs> don't worry you don't have to let's do the news I... <laughs> <laughs> oh this is the most on the spot I've felt in a long time oh gosh okay uh, but yeah no um, lost go see it if you haven't seen it if you have seen it and weren't happy with the ending go back and watch it and change your mind anyway so on that note let's go to the news as promised so we've had CinemaCon happen over in those old US of Americas and um, we've had so much so much in the way of uh, announcements of updates, of all sorts of bits and pieces, and the most exciting, in my opinion, is that we got to see, at long last, a glimpse of what Greta Gerwig's Barbie will look like. And we got a shot of Margot Robbie in the title, in the titular role, sorry. And uh, we also got confirmation that, maybe not worldwide, but certainly in some places, Barbie is going to be releasing Day and date with Oppenheimer. 
Now, guys, there is a right answer to this. <laughs> Are you seeing Barbie or Oppenheimer opening day? Alex. Have you ever seen the meme uh, that is over overdressed girlfriend, underdressed boyfriend? <laughs> Very good. Very good. That is the epitome of this choice. Uh, but it's Barbie, obviously. Yeah. Probably Oppenheimer afterwards, or maybe Oppenheimer could be a nice little uh, uh, starter. Yeah, protein. Uh, Hamu's bush. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Did you ever see the... Tony Erdman? No, no. So there's a joke there that I'm going to just enjoy on my own. Okay. <laughs> a nice little, nice little treat for Charlotte. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we're talking <laughs> about. Treats for Charlotte. What would you treat yourself to first, here, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Yeah, Barbie in a heartbeat. I wasn't uh, yeah. that struck on Tenant. Um, I wrote a review that then got quoted by Simon at Film Stories because I just tried to stay really on the fence. Oh, okay. Um, because I was like, I can see why people might like it, but I felt nothing toward it. And Oppenheimer, with its casting, all the white men of Hollywood, yeah, and England, um. Isn't really feeling <laughs> quite the way Barbie is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, uh, yes, you both chose wisely, Barbie all the way. Uh, I cannot wait for this. Barbie is truly for the girls' gays and theys, <laughs> <laughs> and Oppenheimer is for the straights. Sorry, it's, it's, it's like you never know. Like, where's our straight pride day? It'll be like everyone <laughs> going to see Oppenheimer will be in that demographic. Yep. And then you'll, you'll, you'll just walk into the Barbie screen and there'll be people doing death drops and stuff at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and Barbie did a death drop. But no, no, no. Um, but yeah, no, I'm so excited for that. I cannot wait. And yeah, Margot Robbie looks the part. Um, it's only a picture so far of the film, but even from that, you can feel a vibe. And I'm with it. So, great, we'll have to look forward to that next year. And so, on to films that are going to be, well, as far as we know, still coming next year. The culmination, the climactic moment of the first saga, Fast X, which I still maintain sounds like a very powerful laxative, has had a change of personnel at the toppermost. So, it appears that Vin Diesel... I mean, hold on, I hope you're sitting down for this. Isn't a man of great uh, punctuality, timekeeping, and uh, professionalism. <gasps> I know, I know. Arrives on set late, doesn't know his lines, all sorts of other stuff. Um, apparently it was enough to push Justin Lin over the edge. And so he's gone, and in comes Louis Leterrier. Oh, I mean, well, Alex, I'm going to start with you because you're already reacting. So give me your thoughts on Louis Leterrier, the great director, the auteur, the only man for whom auteur theory really applies. Well, what I just want to say to start off with is that I already miss Justin Lin. I feel like the justification for liking these films has has really, at least the past couple, has really weighed on the fact that he has been at the helm of them. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> I'm just a bit 
I'm worried. I don't know why I'm worried. Why do I care? Why do I care? <laughs> I don't know. But Fast and Furious is my it's my guilty pleasure franchise. Yeah. And I'd like to see it bow out with at least some modicum of <laughs> pride or what I don't yeah. Um and I've just looked at what Louis Leterrier has um has directed. Has yeah. directed. Yeah. And I already know it's going to be a masterpiece because he directed the Brothers Grimsby. He did, correct. Which is in itself a masterpiece. Yes, in many ways, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'm, no, also, I'm, I'm interested. I feel like he's he's had his kind of experience at the helm of some kind of blockbuster fare, so I feel like. He had he he has the tools to be able to make it something. That's probably as far as I can say at the moment. I say this is also the director of the Transporter in Brighton News. So the man who gave Jason Statham his big like leading franchise thing, mm. and that can not only be a good thing in some ways. I mean, yeah, the rest of his. I mean, now you see me is, is brilliant. I mean, let's not go crazy with words here. Oh, okay. And we could all then. say things. Doesn't mean that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, but yeah, then you've got Valyrian and the Incredible Hulk and Clash of Titans. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, I'm sure that you see some bright, bright, brighter moments and glimmers of hope here. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, with the Terrier's takeover. Am I right in assuming that? Right, I've seen a Hobbs and a Shaw. Mm-hmm. That's one film, Hobbs and Shaw. I saw the most recent Fast and Furious film. Yeah. Um, and that that's all I've seen. So you're gonna have to fill in some gaps for me here. Justin Lin has directed multiple ones, right? Of the series. Yes. He's, so he, he jumped didn't... on at seven, I think. So he's like, what Let did just... seven, eight, and nine? Oh no, no, no! He's been doing it. He's been doing it for quite some time. So, I think... so really, I think what the, the, the important story here is that I want to know more about is if you managed to work with Vin Diesel all that time, what happened? Either is Vin Diesel transformed <laughs> or is he just snapped after something? <laughs> and that's the film I want to see, like a behind the scenes documentary yeah. about the film in the Fast and Furious that led to this breakup. Let's see, yeah. The um Do the you... Hearts of Darkness of the of the Fast saga. Yes. Actually, I would be well on board for that. Under the bonnet or something they could call it. I don't Under know. Under the bonnet. No cars. Oh, yeah. So he's done five Fast and Furious films, and he's done arguably the best one, which is the fifth installment. Um, and this is the thing, right? Those behaviours that you mentioned, and I've seen in the articles that Vin is apparently displaying, aren't things that you suddenly start doing. No. No. That's for the yeah, most part. Very true. Probably came at the very, like, I've had enough. I've got to do this for two whole films because it's, again, part one and part two in terms of where Fast X comes. Maybe he just thought, you know what? This is two films too many. I've been in a global pandemic. My last film went to space. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. I mean, I'm kind of relieved but also a little bit sad that they couldn't get James Wan back after he did the seventh. Oh, yeah. Because he's busy making Aquaman in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever it is, I don't know. 
Will there be a drum playing octopus? Otherwise, it's not worth it. If it's, I, you know what? If there isn't, I don't want to know. Mm. I say there's already a lot going on in that film, which is, you know, tr- difficult to maneuver in terms of the wider world. I'm not sharing any opinions because, to be honest, on all that stuff, because frankly, it's tedious. But yeah, yeah, there's a there's enough going on with that production and with people in it and uh, all of that, which is going to be already stuff to to jump around for old James. So yeah, but yeah, a drumming octopus is the least we deserve. The the question is, if you had to bet on it, when is the article going to come out that the Terrier has dropped out due to like creative differences? <laughs> uh, I give it six weeks. Yeah, it's probably about right, isn't it? I think yeah. Let's go. Let's go um, conservative and say six weeks. <laughs> I want to bet for like two days that he's going to get confirmed, and then he's going to get all these texts from Justin Lin, like, "Mate, you did this next, oh. and then he did this, and screen grabs a chat, and then I'll just pull out." Oh boy. Cause because directors are teenage girls, apparently. <laughs> has, it, has it been confirmed? Because I'm pretty sure in the articles it said that he is Universal's choice to take over. I didn't. I wasn't sure whether it had actually been. Yeah, I think because it's speculation. Yeah. But hey, if there's any place for rampant speculation, it's here on Jumpcast. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's a there's more time for that down the line. Uh, because we've got another director departing, which we can go wild on. But for now, at least, we can carry on with a director staying with a project. Oh my gosh, it's unheard of. Uh, because Blake Lively is going to be in the directing gig. Has she directed previously, or would this be her debut? And I want to say debut. Think debut, yeah. Well, she's gone big then, because she's gone for... An adaptation of Brian Lee O'Malley, the guy behind Scott Pilgrim, Seconds. It's Second. a banger of a book. It's really wonderful. Say, I, I'm disappointingly quite lacking on anything involving Seconds. So, Charlotte, I, I'm going to leave this with you to to lead on because, yeah, you 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 seem to. Well, by even saying that, you know more about this than I do. Oh, I've never read it. I'm just speculating. No, oh, um, okay. Seconds <laughs> is a really lovely uh, story about uh, a head chef called Katie, mm-hmm. whose life she keeps twatting up. She keeps right. making mistakes. And then she finds a mushroom that keeps giving her do-overs and lets her kind of rectify past mistakes. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. I hate to think of like comparing it to other things as a re- reference point. There's a touch of about time in that sense of discovery, of appreciating the now, um, and some other things. I, I, it's been a while since I read it, but I really, really loved it at the time. I still have a really big soft spot for it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, okay. if it has half as much drama as her Met Gala look, then it'll be <laughs> brilliant. Oh my gosh, we're hitting all of the uh, SEO on this episode. <laughs> Edgar Wright's doing the screenplay. <gasps> yeah. Holy guacamole. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is exciting. Um, but yes, let's see what happens with that. Blake, if you ever want to come on and talk about it, we're always free. Uh, 
Cool. Right. So let's jump into the Marvel hole. Are we all we all bracing ourselves for the Marvel hole? Yeah. Well, we're about to enter. Well, actually, as of the day of this podcast coming out, people will have seen probably Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, and his multiverse yeah, it's of right now as we record. Yeah, oh, the, genuinely. The first, the first reactions mm-hmm. have have come out. Um, um the, the um UK screening is happening right now. Yeah, they're a bit of a mixed bag. I have seen though, no spoilers, but apparently if you haven't watched the uh Dolmio Day advert from two thousand and four, you will, will not get it. You just won't <laughs> understand it all. Wait, what? Yeah. No, no. it's <laughs> it's the whole the whole advert campaign, if you haven't seen it. it just oh for heaven's sense. sake. What is going on? What's happened? I've not seen anything. I don't I don't know. Is this weird? Okay. Simon, I'm joking. Oh god, I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's, it's a reference to people saying about certain things you need to have watched to fully appreciate the masterpiece. Oh for heaven's sake. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. This is what happens when stupid baseless speculation becomes the center of all film journalism. Is that you say anything? Yeah, Alex. <laughs> God's sake! That was no, 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 no. I wasn't slagging. I was joke. just saying in the wide, in a big wide world. But it just, yeah, I'm gonna believe it because it could be anything. It could be anything. And I'm, I'm not sure what I'm more concerned about, Simon. The fact that it, that because I was wondering which specific reference to use. I was gonna go with the <laughs> PG Tips Johnny Vegas monkey adverts. Monkey, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I also had the uh, the Warburton's um, uh, Sylvester Stallone advert on, you know, in the back. Oh, okay, um, yeah. When you said yeah. PG Tips, I thought you were going to do the monkey one there. Do you know the piano's on my foot? Oh, you have it, I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hit the sweet spot with the Dolmio Day adverts that you actually believed. Look, Genuinely, for a second, I thought because you know we are in a mad old multiverse. Literally yes. anything. Oh, I don't know. Oh, guys. Okay, let's just let's just move on because I feel very much like a right idiot now. Um. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, so we're fully in the Marvel hole now. We've had uh wild, unfounded, uh nonsense theories. Uh ridiculous reactions to it and cool so there we are we're in marvel mode uh so we'll start off with news that ant-man and the wasp ooh, 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 ooh. i think it's its official subtitle yeah uh and the marvels that's captain marvel 2 to you and me or whatever uh are doing the old the old switcheroo the feige switcheroo as they call it oh they do call it that <laughs> in certain circles. <laughs> is that fine? Sam, is that okay? We'll find out. We'll find out if that bit makes it nah, it'll be right. Um but yes, so uh Alex, you no doubt have the dates in front of you. Oh, I wish I did. It's February and July next year, basically. Oh, okay. So uh because the Marvels was coming out in February, right? Yes, correct. Cool. So the Marvels is now yes, summer blockbuster, and Ant Man and the Wasp is now going to be the thing that kicks off blockbuster season. Which it, it, it happens. It's like the Christmas. It happens earlier every year. I swear. 
while we're talking about Marvel release dates, can I issue an apology? Ooh. Um, oh. Grace Lee, in my year 10 boys class, who I hope never listens to this podcast, but I'm going <laughs> to say it for ease of my soul. We had a bet today, and I said Thor was out in October. It's actually out in July. He was right. I was wrong. Well, wow. so My apologies to Grace Lee. I'm sorry. I should have believed you. And say, I think they might actually be our only listener. So... <laughs> <laughs> God, I really hope not. On <laughs> <laughs> multiple levels. <laughs> oh gosh, no, 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 no. Well, we we, we may never know because they won't reveal themselves. Try as we have to to out them, but no. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun times in the Marvel hole. I love it. But one person who wants out is director of the three perfectly fine. Spider-Man films. John Watts, he was going to be taking on board Fantastic Four, but he said, no thank you. No, 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 no. He said, it's uh, not, what I'm trying to think of a club. It's a real stretch thing. for me to take part. It's a real stretch. He, he'd rather go invisible. He said, there's a Ride thing. Ride it out. He, Ride he, the storm out. He has, he's, he's Ooh, got a no. thing to be getting on with. Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. But yes, uh, so let's get into wild speculation time. Why do we think it is? Um, I, I want mean, your most I outlandish theory. Most outlandish theory. Yeah. John Watson, Kevin Feige, because uh, Kevin, Kevin Feige after CinemaCon said that he was going on this retreat, you know, to plan out the next 10 years of Marvel's oh, yeah, yeah, Cinematic yeah, yeah. Universe stuff. John Watts was there. They had a massive, um, well, bottle of, of whiskey together. Mm-hmm. They were in the hot tub together. and um, One thing led to another. One thing led to another. And uh, the tensions just got too high. And unfortunately, John Watts had to say goodbye to the, to the project. Aww. Yeah. N- no, I think the most innocent explanation is probably um, that he's, you know, he's done three now. In the past, yeah. what, four years? Something so, like that, yeah. I think he deserves Lord. a rest. <laughs> I think he does deserve a rest. Maybe it is just shed. This, we'll find out the old, it's the old scheduling conflicts or creative differences or whatever it is will come up. So, um, But we don't have time for that kind of safe talking. This is jump cast, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, though, is that the reason I put the, um, the release date... Um, the, the Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Marvels thing, and is apparently the if we are going to continue on the wild speculation, is that Marvel are eyeing up Peyton Reed for the job now. And that is why the films have been swapped. So that he can finish production on Ant-Man and the Wasp quicker and get started on Fantastic Four. So, hmm. do with that what you will. Oh, I shall. It's too late. I already am. Um, but Charlotte, we need some. We need some more baseless conjecture. Let's let's carry on. Um. So I heard he's got a phobia about the number four. Oh, Jesus. okay. Yeah. He didn't realise, and then he signed. In... <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he was reiterating if uh, three was the magic number? In yeah, exactly. The end of yeah. Spider-Man: No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's got. It's got credibility it's got feet so and i'll put it next to leah michelle can't read as uh... <laughs> my favorite tweet plus of all time was that one last week 
where it said, Leah Michelle be really miffed about, the, no, really pleased with these funny girl reviews if she could actually read them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Alex, the stuff you were sharing with me the other day from that interview oh, thing no. from Spring Awakening. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. It's okay. It's fine. Oh, it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be over a week old now. It's not even worth it. It was really about. enlightening. Really yeah, enlightening. Well, yeah. Let's see. Beanie Feldstein got funny girl. Leah Michelle got. Nope, that's. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, right, let's climb out of this marble hole. Right, let's. Yeah, there we go. All right, and into. Oh no, not David O. Russell town. Well, okay, brace yourselves. <laughs> is this our is this our version of the multiverse? Is this what's happening right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's he's got his jars of Dolmio, <laughs> and he's Just throwing them at his time. actors. And he's throwing them at his actors, and he's making made, them cry. He's even made George Clooney want to square up to him, which is apparently what happened on the set of Three Kings. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Did he he talked back to someone? Was it a member of the crew or an oh, extra? Yeah. And then George Clooney was like, I'm, "Yeah, no more time for that shit." Yeah. Well, I mean, it also says a lot when Christian Bale will say, "Hang on a minute, you're being a bit out of order here." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, he's got a new film out as David Russell with Christian Bale. Funnily enough, so you know, there are some things he will just stick around for. Uh, but yeah, this is another thing that came out of CinemaCon that his new film is going to be officially called Amsterdam. So from what we've seen of this, are we excited at all? I mean, it's got a fairly decent cast as well. Uh, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on Amsterdam? Yeah, I I haven't really got any. Huh. Um, what was the film that they did? Was he American Gangster? Am I making American that Hustle. American Hustle. American Hustle. Yeah. I still haven't seen that film. And the reason oh. is... I went to watch it the other week on Amazon Prime. There were no subtitles. Oh. And I prefer to watch everything with subtitles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I was very displeased, so I left the film. Yeah. That's completely fair. Just walked out of my room. I I didn't (laughs) stay. That was by uh, David O. Russell's own demands, as I understand it. No subtitles. subtitles. I want people to hear my films. Like, he's very ableist. Oh God, I don't know if that will come up. Oh God, <laughs> oh Jesus, oh God, I didn't even catch myself in time. Oh well, we'll see what happens with that. Cool. So let's move on to the next story. <laughs> Wait, allegedly. There allegedly, you are. you're safe. You're safe. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So good news. Hooray! Like her back. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Yay! And they're making a film called The Night Guard. Now, this is, it sounds a bit more grown up than their usual fare. I mean, the usual fare is fairly grown up as well for, you know, family friendly films. Uh, but this is full on neo noir territory. The Night Gardener. Are we excited for this? I mean, I certainly am because, you know, anything like a do, I'll be there day one. Uh, but, Alex, what about you? Oh yeah, completely. I mean, have you seen the plot details? I've not actually seen the plot details, no. The, well, I mean, it's it's about a detective duo. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Maka Packer. 
Neither is. Oh, Hulk for God's Eagle. sake! <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. I, I'm always excited for like it. Can't wait. It's gonna be real. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Cannot wait. And I'm I... sure they'll absolutely push the boundaries of what a stop motion animation film can be, as they always do. I say they are. I mean, if any studio has had a hotter run, then I've yet to see them. Agreed. I thought they had another film coming out as well on top of... Yeah, they I think do. they're working on a live-action film. Wildwood. Wildwood. Yes. yes. Right. So yeah, they announced that... Oh, blimey, last year. So yeah, they are... I mean, they they definitely take their time, which is good and necessary with stop motion, but... Yes. Oh man, cannot I'd say wait. only Cartoon Saloon really rival them in terms of their hit rate with animation. Like Agreed. Coraline, Paranorman, Fox Trolls, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Missing Link. Even maybe the weaker end of that is still a really, really good film with lots to love about it. Oh, totally. I'd say, yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings is one of my favourite films from the last decade. Agreed. It's just oh, sublime. Um, but yeah, I mean, Charlotte, I'm going to guess that you're on board with the excitement and the, uh, you're on board the hype train here as well. I'm want a fully on board <laughs> the hype train, yeah. Uh, I saw Cooper and the Two Strings, uh, a special preview at the BFI, mm. and that's one of those film screenings we I, I felt changed after seeing it. I sat for the entirety of the credits for that cover of "As My Guitar Gently Weeps." Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Just Cuba with the Two Strings is one of the best films ever, and I will go on record saying I would agree. Coraline is one yeah. of the finest book to film adaptations I think there is. In oh yeah. Oh, it really is. Like, it's just... I mean, I could... You know what? I think we should just bin off the rest of the podcast and just praise yeah, please like her. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do so. Cool. Yeah. Okay, sorry guys, we'll talk about Downton Abbey another day. We're going to talk about... <laughs> Charlotte, we'll talk about Downton Abbey another day. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Well, spoiler alert for later on. <laughs> but no, no, no. We really should press on. Um, in fact, we've reached the end of our new segment because... Um, well, we should end on a high... So to hey. speak. <laughs> so this is a film for which I am already very excited. I'd heard about this. Uh, when was it first announced? Last year? Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so Elizabeth Banks has a film coming out. If you're not already aware, called Cocaine Bear. Uh, so this is a true story, uh, or at least based on the true story of uh, an American black bear. That in, I want to say 1980s, 1985? Let's go 1985, bang in the middle. Um, an American black bear goes on a rampage after, well, guess, guess, guess what happened? Did they A, watch the Rise of Skywalker at, at midnight and get very disappointed? Did they B, um, get dumped and just didn't like how their life was going, or C, did they accidentally take a huge amount of cocaine? I'll let you guess from the name Cocaine Bear, which we found out this week, uh, comes out uh, next year, early next year. Yes. I mean... This cast list is insane. I'm sorry, have you seen this? Okay, so let's have a look through. So we've got Kerry Russell, Margaret Martindale, Ray Liotta... Esteemed um, character actress Margot Martindale. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah. 
A steam parrot I'm sorry, it's been so long since I last watched Bojack Horseman. Um, but yeah, Alden Ehrenreich, O.C. Jackson Jr., Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Christopher Heathview, I don't know if I'm even getting that right, uh, and Osiah Ritlock Jr., among others. That is some cast. Good lord. But yeah, that'll be coming out. So the official release is February next year. And yeah, cannot wait. I've been uh, very excited about this since it was announced. And yeah, really, really hope it lives up to that. I'm sure we all share that sentiment. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> just just not have a uh, you know like those drink along films where people drink alcohol I hope there's not an equivalent <laughs> cocaine there not along lines, right? it must not along it might end very badly but who knows okay <laughs> uh, let's entertain that thought some uh, a little later but for now let's jump on in to trailer talk and we start with a, oh it's a big one guys oh, it's a big one it's a biggie it's muy grande it is don't worry darling now this is the new film from olivia wilde uh starring florence Pugh, harry styles chris pine is in there somewhere and all sorts of other actors doing well. The trailer doesn't tell you much, but it tells you enough, I would say. Now, guys, what do you think about what we've seen so far of Don't Worry Darling? What is looking like a hotly anticipated film for the latter end of this year? Uh, Charlotte, what did you what did you take away from what we first saw of Don't Worry Darling? All I sort of knew about this film, I think before the trailer, was Florence Pugh married to Harry Styles, which already is a beautiful pairing that you probably want to watch. Oh, yeah. A la Deep Water or something, that kind of vibe. 1950s already, like I, I love a bit of 1950s clothing and set and architecture. And then this trailer, the pulling genre was a nice surprise and one I'm really hyped for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. Just like there's a there's something of the Stepford Wives in there, certainly. Well, With like an added. I mean, I love Stepford Wives. The book is incredible, especially. Oh yeah. But the, the I don't want to spoil the trailer, but there's no, a, yeah, no. there's a possibility there of something like. Let's say yeah, something really dark and blowing up. I think someone used the comparison of like Get Out. Which is an interesting one, given the skin tone of most of the cast. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of kind of atmosphere and um, that kind of thing, yeah, I, I, I kind of see where they're coming from. Uh, but Alex, what about you? You must be excited for this. I'm guessing it looks absolutely delectable. delectable. I cannot wait. This, I mean, I've probably mentioned this before, but surely statistically, this is like the sexiest Hollywood cast. Oh, yeah. So here we go. I've got the full cast here. So we've got uh, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, uh, Olivia Wilde stars as well as directs, uh, Gemma, Chan, Gemma Chan, sorry, uh, Kiki Lane, Nick Kroll, and Chris Pine are the headers there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just right there in black and white, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, it looks absolutely brilliant. Um, it's not given too much away, where but it's also given enough away for it to be massively intriguing. It is and will still be my most anticipated film of the year forever. Yeah, no, I very, agree. Very excited. I say not only for all of the above, but also because Kiki Lane, who is great, she's mm. um, if you've yet to see it, uh, people listening. Uh, highly recommend if Beale Street could talk. She is one piece of many terrific pieces in that film, which are just phenomenal. Um, and she was also quite good in. Um, did you ever see the Old Guard? The um, like that that Netflix action film thing, the Shirley Theron. Yeah. I thought you know what that was fine, but she was very good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So yeah, but no, this whole thing looks great. Cannot wait. Uh, and again, much like with um, with Laika, I feel like we could talk about this for a while, but uh, we really should press on. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one. And this is The Valet. Now, this looks pretty standard fare in terms of, uh, well, odd couple comedy type things. Uh, he He's a parking valet for a hotel. She's very, very famous. What could possibly happen? <laughs> <laughs> the valet, uh, or as I like to call it, the Mary May. The Mar- it, genuinely, I feel <laughs> like I'm still riding off the goodwill of of Marry Me. In fact, I had a conversation the other day with someone who told me that I must be joking that I thought Marry Me was fantastic, and oh, I was stop like, it. you know what? I know, I know. And this is someone who hadn't even seen it, and you know how? You know what? I could even tell before. <sighs> Before I even got to explaining it that they hadn't seen it because of their reaction. Because if they had seen it, they'd know. It's terrific. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the person I'm speaking to is a, speaking about is a friend and they're, they're great and they have very good taste. But yeah, they do need to basically marry me. Um, but yeah, this looks okay, I think. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting enough. It, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, Charlotte, what about you? Do you uh, do you have any further insight on on takes we can bring from the valet? Um, for a film that could mm-hmm, rephrase, mm-hmm. this looks or feels better than you would expect it to be. Okay, from the yeah. Trailer. Like it seems to have more charm than you might think it would, and I think that's because of the cast. And we know the genre of when bad movies happen to good actors, and this could fall into it. But I think, no, I, I will watch it. Yeah, I think it looks, it certainly looks very nice and glossy, and I like Samara Weaving a lot, so already there's something of an interest there for me. Mm. But yeah, have to wait and see on the final product. But some, I'm sure we will get to it on a hot and streamy down the line. Uh, for now, though, we should move on, and we have Sharkbait. Ooh, aha. Sorry, couldn't help myself there. Uh, but, so yeah, it's been a hot minute since the last really big shark film. Well, the last really big shark film was The Meg, as Alex pointed out earlier. Really big shark. Really big shark. And apparently you are still getting The Meg too, so... Yes. I mean, spoiler alert for The Meg, but there are already two Megs at the end of The Meg. So there's going to be at least four. At least four Megs. The Meg squared. Um, but yeah, I mean... Do we really need to do the shark attack thing again? I mean, we've done it so many times. You know, they already perfected the art with Deep Blue Sea. 
He's a motherfucking shark. Oh, God. Now we have got to work together to survive. Ah, dead. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, of course, and, you know, the, the, the shadow of Jaws looms ever large over these films. But do we feel like anything exciting or new or big can be taken from what we've seen so far of Shark Bait, Charlotte? They said the name of the film in the film trailer. They do say the name of the film in the film trailer. Yeah. So that's a good sign. <laughs> I, I think we should have a special night where we watch this together, the three of us, and we can tweet along. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. I'm going to say it'll probably be sometime around uh, Oscar season, no doubt, because, you know, this it's is going to be, be in the award it's season. It's going to yeah? be huge. Oscar bait. Oscar bait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But, uh, but yeah, we will have every minute and frame covered. Uh, let's shark bait for a minute. Yeah, is what I'm proposing as a, as a podcast. Yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not to step on anyone's toes. No, or fins. Or fins, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I don't know how any shark film could ever reach the heights of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but for now, we'll carry on and. Uh, so yeah, we've got another trailer for Emergency. So this is going to be on Amazon Prime. And um, yeah, an interesting one. I wasn't entirely sure what to do with this because it's a bit un uncertain in terms of tone from the trailer, certainly in terms of content. It's like, what is happening here? But this did premiere at Sundance, am I right in thinking? It did. I had I almost had the chance to watch it, but... I watched so many other films that just uh, just passed me by, unfortunately. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But okay, so in in lieu of the film itself, what did you think from the trailer of Emergency? It looks really good. Really interesting. Um, yeah. An interesting commentary. It looks like it, it could have a lot to say. While also being quite darkly funny, maybe. As well. Oh yeah, let's say yeah. Look, it certainly looks interesting. Um, Charlotte, what about yourself? What are your thoughts on emergency? Yeah, there were two jokes I, I properly laughed at. Um, that made me interested for the film. Hmm. Let's say yeah. There was one bit where I just think, oh, okay, that's quite good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested. Certainly, it's got my attention. Um, but I must say. That this next film has my attention and then some. Um, I don't actually know if I knew anything about this before watching this trailer earlier today, but here we are. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, or Mrs. Harry goes to Paris, which I think is the proper pronunciation. <laughs> so, uh, this is Leslie Manville. Well, it's based on a book, am I right? Um, yeah, so Mrs. Is... Harris goes to Paris. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. There we are. That's how um... it's spelled, not just me being fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so um as I like that a lot. That's good, even without the context. But um so yeah, this is Leslie Manville uh with a raft of others in there. And um let's say this whole trailer just looks utterly charming. I mean, the clue in what happens in this is in the name. Mrs. Harris is there, 
and she goes to Paris. And um, but yeah, I'm, I'm you know what this won me over this trailer. It's sweet. It's funny. Uh, it's got Jason Isaacs in there for a hot second, which is you know always a plus. That reminds me, I went to see Operation Mincemeat the other day. Very much liked it. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I was very very pleased. I wasn't pleased with paying the five pound uplift to go see it at uh, um, View with a voucher, but there we go. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, but anyway, you guys, you guys go and talk about Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, Charlotte, I'm going to start with you first. As I approach my 30th birthday in August, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm gaining wisdom. And also, I feel like I appreciate things that acknowledge the fact your dreams don't just die or stop when you turn a certain age. Mm. A la Phantom Thread, and I really like this prevails through this film. And also, I quite like, with British films in particular, not exclusively, where an unlikely person brings a community together inadvertently. Yeah. That's my kryptonite. That gets me <laughs> so excited. It's your uh, Phantom of the Open type, like from earlier this year. Yeah, I meant Phantom of the Open. I think I said Phantom Thread, which. Oh, is and Phantom a very Thread. Yes. Comparison. I think the, the only connection is fashion in that sense. Yeah. Fashion and Leslie Mann. I, <laughs> and Leslie Mann. I enjoy sewing. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's certainly got what it ha- it's got what it takes to charm me. So there we go. It's already done the hard work. I really hope the film is as good as that initial promise. Uh, but Alex, what about yourself? Are you excited to see Mrs. Harris go to Paris? I am absolutely ecstatically excited to see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's following the trend of uh British legend, British acting legend, character acting in a film. Yeah. Um, that is gonna be sweet and will probably end up making me cry. Oh yeah. And then on top of that, you've also got people like Isabelle Huppert, you've got Christian Mackay, like I said, we've got Jason Isaacs in there as well, uh, among others who are making appearance. It is like oh yeah, there are some actors in this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very excited for that. Um, but okay, well, before we wrap up Trailer Talk, there is one more thing we should talk about. Um, now, this dropped not too long before we started recording, actually, uh, but still, I made an appointment to stop and watch this. And um, so, yes, this is um, a film called Weird with the subtitle The Al Yankovic Story. And not only that, but it stars Daniel Radcliffe in the, the the lead role, the role of Weird Al. And I already knew he was going to smash it. I knew before the pictures came out, before this trailer came out, uh, not because I have some skin in the game for film starring Daniel Radcliffe, but um, but yeah, I saw this trailer and went, yeah, this looks exactly like I thought it would, and I want more of it now. Am I alone in that? assessment charlotte so daniel radcliffe i've seen in the theater a couple of times obviously i've seen him in harry potter mm-hmm. and i thought he was a fine person you know charming mm. likes been lost city but the game changer was last year in that clip of <laughs> miracle workers where he performed should we come around the mountains oh yeah <laughs> as a rule every time i see it i have to watch all the way through like with tom holland and um Umbrella. Oh my goodness. Yeah, umbrella, thank you. I was like singing in the rain. 
Um, <laughs> the energy he channeled in Should Be Coming Around the Mountain seems to be in full force here. So I'm looking forward to this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, Alex, I'm going to go to you now and I want you to say some nice things. You want me to say some nice things? Yes, please. Yes. Or not. You know, you can be scathing. It's fine. No, no, no. It, does, it looks really, really quite good. Um, interesting who has made this film. I saw that it is a Roku original. Hmm, yeah. I thought the Roku was those boxes that you can get where you can legally stream films. Um, <laughs> but apparently there are... We wouldn't know anything that about that. On... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally know anything about that. No, no, no. Heaven forbid. Not personally. No, never. never. I don't know what you mean. Um, but yeah, it, in, very interesting. Funnily enough, I had a... Do I... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> had a um a, a customer come in. Um, he's a regular, and he he was like talking about I don't know. I think he was watching Denton Abbey, and he was a bit begrudging about having to watch it. Um, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be in Greece when Top Gun Maverick comes out. I'm so annoyed." And as he was walking out to go for a cigarette, he was like, "I'll just get it on my Roku box." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but okay, and and talking about uh, the the Al Yankovic story trailer so far. <laughs> yes. No, it does. It looks good. It looks good. Okay. Good. 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 Cool. Cool. Okay. And that thus endeth the trailer talk. Uh, so before we get to our reviews, uh, as mentioned previously, we're going to be covering Downton Abbey: A New Era and Crush. We first of all have some. Warm, loving thanks to give. Now, I'm going to go quiet in three seconds, and after those three seconds, we shall see whoever talks next to do those things. So, three, two, one. Hello, I am Alex, and I am today going to um, tell you about some beautiful people who pay their hard-earned money towards making Jump Cut Online what it can be. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online to find out more about our Patreon, where you can subscribe at different levels and tiers that come with their own exclusive perks. But if you subscribe at the top tier, you get to hear your name here on Jumpcast. And we would like to celebrate those people, including Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Ola Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meakin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calvert, Manuel Bento, and Joe Craig. Thank you very much for listening. Wonderfully done. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, too, to our patrons. It, it does mean the world. Okay, so we are now in... Well, it's going to be in and out of the review section, sadly, this week, uh, because it is lean. Um, but, you know, it's it's that time of year. Uh, so let's start with... Well, let's start with the big one, shall we? So this is the second cinematic outing for the... I believe they're officially referred to as the Grand the Massive. I don't know. Uh, 
Charlie, you might have to correct me on that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, and this time the lads are going on tour. Uh, so <laughs> with that setup, Charlotte, uh, tell us more and tell us what you thought about God, Downton Abbey: A New Era. A failure with that intro. Like, how you peaked? Um, <laughs> where do I go from here? Uh, right, let me get. I'm getting comfortable because that's what this oh, okay. film is. It's comfortable. Um, I have seen all the episodes of Downton Abbey and the previous film. Um, I realised going in, so I was at the premiere last Monday, and I realised as I sat down, I, I remembered nothing, not a single thing about any of the episodes or the film, Ooh. which isn't a problem, because this is a safe film. The prior context is useful and possibly needed for emotional investment in some of these varying degrees of interesting storylines. But I think you could go in it not knowing that much and just appreciate how pretty everything looks and how everything pretty is and how entertaining a lot of it is. Um, I was sat two rows behind Hugh Dancy and Claire Danes. It was very exciting. Um, uh, you have to pay for your own drinks, though. These premieres look fancy, but we have to pay for drinks. Uh, but to the film. Um, the film manages to blend multiple stereotypical British movie tropes. There's the making a film and the production involved in making a film. There is the questionable family heritage. There is possible misunderstanding. There is someone pretending to be someone that they're not. And I've forgotten there's a couple of other tropes in there. Impressively for a film that's about two hours, six minutes I wanna say, blending lots of different things in. And the end result is a film that I think is a four-star film for a Downton Abbey fan and a three-star film for people who enjoy period dramas and British cinema and a two-star film if you are neither of those things. And that's my review. Wonderful. Okay. Let's <laughs> um, say, so, yeah, I, I very, I'll be completely honest. I, at the very last minute, didn't get to see this um it was just yeah things did not happen i i was so close to watching it and i feel like yeah it does sound very hugging a mug for one of a better term in terms of a film um and yeah do you feel like so with that new era subtitle without spoil you know without massive spoilers for people who i guess who are um very keen to see this immediately does it does it usher in a new era this is the really tricky thing. I think yes in some ways, but I sort I simultaneously sort of hope it won't. This would be a really nice point to end it on. Okay. Uh, um but I think the cynic in me is pretty certain that this will be there'll be more. Mainly cuz they seem to have such a great time making the films and I know quite often it's hard, you know, can't help but be wary when they say about how much we love making the film, we're a family and all that stuff. Yeah. But you do get the feeling here and why wouldn't you to get that pay packet doing these kind of storylines and having a nice time with people that you like? Like I can see them making many more of these. Oh well, all right then. Well, for you know, Downton fans' benefit, I I hope that um, you know whatever comes of it is good. And say, as I know, Alex is uh, someone who is 
making his way very quickly through the series. Is that even more whetted your appetite to catch up? Oh yes, com- completely. I'm so excited to catch up and, and get to watch this, but still quite a way to go. <laughs> and is unfortunately why I haven't seen it. Well, to uh, to to quote a, a equally sized in terms of scope and fan love, I'll be watching your career with great interest in terms of watching <laughs> uh, Downton Abbey stuff. Uh, cool. Well, that was our review for Downton Abbey: A New Era. And now we move on to, uh, so this was on Disney Plus, I want to say? This is correct, yes. yes. Okay. Um, so another film that I also haven't seen, uh, you'll see a pattern emerge here, listeners, Crush. Now, we talked about this not too long ago on some trailer talk, I want to say we a couple did. of weeks ago? About three or four weeks ago, yeah. Three or four weeks ago. Well, now you've seen the finished article, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts. It's just... A little crush. Um, we seem to be now entering a a period of time where we are getting queer stories that don't involve any kind of trauma, which I fit for one think is wonderful and brilliant. And crush is one of those things. We um. So I talked a little bit last week, Simon, about Heartstopper. Mm, um, yes. And just kind of talking about the positivity it brings to its representation. And this is very much the same with, with Crush. So Crush uh, stars Rowan Blanchard in the main role. I've just said Chard as in like the vegetable. I think it's Blanchard, but whatever. <laughs> um... <laughs> She's a high school teenager. It's you know typical stereotypical American high school. Um, she's an artist. She wants to go to art college. She's got these aspirations, um, and essentially there is this mystery undercover artist called King Pun, who graffitis around the school, um, and. Everybody thinks it's her because you know she's the art, like the the artist, the art student. Um, and instead of getting suspended, she decides that she's going to um get put on the the track team. Okay, yeah. And when she's put on the track team, she gets um thrusted upon a a person. Um, and they have an unlikely kind of bonding, and that's kind of where the the film goes in that kind of sense. Um, the I mean, I think what the most amazing thing is is that uh, the character that Ron Blanchard plays, Paige Evans, is a lesbian, and it's not like a a big deal. <laughs> she's already come out. She's already it's already kind of happened. She she's not like getting bullied because of it. Um, it, it's like it's weird in this film. It is normal to be gay and not normal to be straight. Which I feel okay. like we just need in every piece of media um, yeah. going forward. <laughs> it would be great. Um, uh, because there is a straight couple in this uh, in this film. Um, her best friend, who is played by, let me just get his name, Tyler Alvarez. Um, he is kind of like her straight best friend. Right, yeah. And he has a girlfriend. Um, who is also kind of in the friendship group, 
But every time they kind of... They, well, okay. Let me preface with this. that This film is kind of strangely horny, considering that it is a film set around teenagers and high school. Um, because these two characters, these two straight characters, at any given point, decide that they're just going to go and have sex or whatever. Um, and usually in these situations, it would be the gay characters doing that, and you'd be a bit kind of repulsed by it. But it's, mm. it's it, you know, it's kind of flipped it on its head. And that's I was I was like, this is this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Less of this and more of the more of the gay stuff, please. Um, but yeah, no, it is it's brilliant. It's really funny. It's really great. Um, her and the other main character, who's played by Ali Cravalho, who you might know from voicing Moana in Moana. Uh, they're both absolutely brilliant. They have such a wonderful chemistry. The story's a bit predictable, but I feel like with a film like this, that isn't really an issue. You kind of you you just want to be like huddled up in a blanket on a Sunday rainy afternoon, and just kind of let the film engulf you. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, uh, Megan Mullally plays her her mother. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. Of of a uh, Will, Will and Grace fame. Uh, sh- her character is uh, also quite. Um, she's kind of a hip millennial, uh, kind of like down with the kids. Like I'm cool with everything. Oh, she's the kind cool of mom. mother. She is the cool mom. You know, um, they have open conversations about everything. I mean, there's a scene in the beginning of the film, um, that just has a shot of one of um, Paige's shelves, and it is full. Of dildos, um, that her mother has got her. <laughs> um, so yeah, her, it's very yeah, very, very interesting character. But yeah, if you're looking for mush, you'll get more than enough with Crush. Mush with Crush. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. That is a wonderful sign off. I love that. Great. Well, I such lovely reviews there, guys. Um. So that, well, that does count out the end of the review section. Uh, so some sad news. Unfortunately, we won't be carrying on the film club this week because one of us didn't watch Over the Hedge in time. Um, three, guesses, three guesses who I was. I mean, that was. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we're going to give you, we're going to leave you with some recommendations in anticipation and celebration of Europe Day. A day designed to celebrate peace and cooperation in Europe. What a concept. <laughs> knock, so, knock. Go on. That's knock, a, knock. Yeah, knock, knock. Oh, who's there? Europe. <laughs> Europe. No, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! Okay. I did it. He did it. Good no, job. Okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no. Well, make sure you wipe. So, uh, before we head off, yes, to celebrate Europe Day and that joke in particular, we've got some recommendations for you. So these are all films which, admittedly, you will need to be in UK to watch. Apologies, people not in the UK. Um or specifically Europe or the US, or, you know, anywhere else. Uh, So this is where, you know, we've we've come together with a list of great stuff 
that you can find on all good and bad platforms. So, starting with Netflix. So, it's the, uh, you know, where, where most people would start off with. And we would go with 120 BPM. Now, this is one I actually haven't seen. So, who here has seen 120 BPM and can sell it to our listeners? I believe it's just Charlotte that has seen it. Is Charlotte. it just me? Oh, okay. Um, as a frame of reference, I think if you were someone who adored It's a Sin on Channel 4 last year and had it shatter your heart like it did mine, mm-hmm. this is a film I'd point in the direction of, set in the 90s, looking at the impact of the AIDS crisis. At its heart is a really tremendously beautiful love story. Um, it's wonderful. Genuinely, I remember, I, you don't often remember like the exact thought you have after seeing a film, but I was like, that was sublime. And I was dehydrated. That was my two thoughts. Oh, amazing. I say that, oh gosh, I do need to, I do need to watch that because um, I absolutely loved It's a Sin. And I think I said as much when we covered, well, actually, no, God, it came out before we even talked on Jumpcast. Oh, I'm getting my podcast confused, guys. I think we brought it up. I did a rewatch. Oh yes, yes, that's right. I was going to say I swear we talked about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's just wonderful, isn't it? And but yeah, I'm so excited for 120 BPM off the back of off the back of that because yeah, that's enough praise to say to compare it with that. Goodness me. Uh, right. Okay. So moving on to Amazon, and if you're looking for something. Well, a bit, a little bit fantastical, a little bit allegory for the Spanish Civil War. Pan's Labyrinth, the Guillermo del Toro film, which holds a very special place in my heart. I love this film so much. Um, just the most beautiful merging of just childlike wonder, horrific monster design, and just the whole who's the real monster here conversation. Uh, done in just the most wonderful way. Um, guys, does anybody else have anything else they want to share on Pan's Labyrinth? I um, haven't seen this. Have you not? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Lucky you, because again... That's a film club waiting to happen, isn't it? That is a film club waiting to happen. We should make a note of that. <laughs> making a note. I've not seen The Orphanage. We could do like a Gilmero del Toro. Have you seen all of them, Simon? I've not actually, no. I've yet to see The Devil's Backbone. Oh. There we go. We'll have a Del Toro off. Um, but yeah, this is this is just wonderful, and it just oh, fills me with joy. Fills me with joy. Uh, I know it's incredibly sad, but it's just so beautifully made and just oh, excellent. Proof of proof are needed that Del Toro is a fantastic and incredible filmmaker. Anyway, I'm going to stop waxing your about Pan's Labyrinth because we've got three more platforms to get to. We're going to start with all four. Um, and this is Force Majeure. So this was made into, uh, this is adapted for, um, an English language film, wasn't it? Not too long ago. Yes, by Will Ferrell. And then it was on the stage at the Donmar last year with Rory Kinnear. Oh, wow. Okay. So it does get around. Um, but again, to my shame, I've not actually seen this original version of Force Majeure. Um, was this, so Charlotte, have, have you had the pleasure, I'm guessing? Yeah. So Great. I think we all like to imagine when the worst happens, we'll rise to the occasion. When like tragedy strikes, we imagine we're going to be these heroes who are going to do these amazing things. 
and in force majeure a dad is on a skiing trip with his family when what looks like an avalanche happens and instead of stopping to save his family he runs away and leaves them behind which causes huge damage to his already slightly um damaged marriage as it is it's a dark comedy that will stick with you after watching excellent and say we are really getting something for everyone here this is great um cool and so we're going to be moving on to the iPlayer BBC iPlayer for something again iPlayer BBC iPlayer uh for something again a little bit more of the uh edgier tastes and this is let the right one in now this is a beautiful film um about friendship about loneliness about love in many ways and about vampires yes so uh, Alex, feel free to uh, talk about this one. Oh, this is a- absolutely wonderful. And if you haven't seen it, I can recommend it enough. The- I happened to watch this This was kind of during lockdown where I was kind of having a lot of film nights, virtual film nights with, with friends. Um, and it had come round to the turn of one of my Swedish friends. And his suggestion was this film. Um, and I was just absolutely blown away by it. Like, it is absolutely phenomenal. Filmmaking is really brilliant. It's intriguing. It's dark. It's touching in many different ways as well. Um, and yeah, just really, really, really great. Let's say, yeah, it is phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, one which isn't on this list, but I'm going to add in because it kind of technically counts um, because it's not a British production. It's from uh, those lovely people at Cartoon Saloon in Ireland. Um, Apple TV Plus and Wolfwalkers. Oh, what a film. What a film. What a picture. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Uh, we talked about it. In very recent memory, in fact, uh, Wolf Walkers, I think we talked about it in relation to a new cartoon saloon film coming out. And yeah, they are just on top of their game. Uh, we mentioned them in comparison to Laika before. <laughs> We've done enough praise of Laika on this episode. But again, it warrants saying because they are just phenomenal and holding, keeping the end up in terms of outstanding independent um, animation houses. And yeah, they are great. And this is no exception. I think it might be my favourite of their films so far. Um, it's this really just, there's this fantastical uh, story about life in Ireland under Cromwell's, let's call it nicely, Reign of Terror. Um, <laughs> uh, as he looks to stamp out everything that, well, just kind of sums up the Celtic identity and the, and the Irish identity. Um, and how that culture and how that folklore and, and, and belief weaves in and out of the uh, the colonizers, the, the colonizers rather, um, and, and and what impact that has on on them, uh, all told through the eyes of two young girls uh, from very different walks of life. And it is, I mean, magical is such an easy word to use in relation to Wolfwalkers, uh, but on in every sense of the word, it is magical. So I completely agree. Yep. Nice. Okay, and to round things off, uh again, 
this is we should reiterate only on platforms that we've found them on in the uk because that's where we are don't blame us and also you know feeling bad on that one. Oh, actually yes we've got one just coming in out of the presses uh writing in but for now uh so we've got sky and staying again very much in europe so this is across the down the road from where uh let the right one in came from uh in this is in denmark and this is another round this is a new a relatively new film um fairly broad but very fun comedy drama about four middle-aged men or middle-aged teachers who take it on themselves to experiment with alcohol and blood alcohol to see if it improves their lives and hilarity ensues and life lessons are learned for better or for worse and fantastic dancing uh and on top of that we've also got the red turtle which is to my shame another black spot and one which i have been looking for years to resolve and never got round to uh and clearly there's a way to fix that but someone who has seen the red turtle Please shed some light and sell it again to our listeners. Yeah. Alex, have you watched me to do this one? I have not seen this. Oh, okay. This is a banger. This is 80 minutes, fellas. 80 minutes. 80 minutes. And it's a fable about life. Um, It is essentially a silent movie in the sense there is no dialogue. Aside from a couple of, I guess, grunts or like noise of communication, communication, that's it. There is no dialogue in the traditional sense. It is a collaboration between Studio Ghibli and some French studios by a Dutch animator, um, which makes it count as European, arguably. Um, I've used it for my film club. I think it would be easy to see this as a film for adults in the sense of how philosophical it is and existential, but it goes down a treat with young people. Say that sounds incredible, and the lack of dialogue, and you know, the the fact that it's all on the screen. Um, I'm gonna probably steal a term here from other more established and better people who talk about film. Uh, but it just goes to show just how great the language of cinema is to tell stories for people everywhere. Completely, like I think films like this, and even Shaun the Sheep, I'd include as well. Mm. It stops dialogue being a preventer of like miscommunication of misunderstanding it's the most sort of neutral accessible yeah. means of communication i'd argue for films definitely definitely and that's what's that's what it's all about really is just telling those stories in a way that everyone can understand them um that's great and well we have one last thing in and again this is one to my shame that i haven't seen but for those of you who are lucky to have a movie account a subscription uh or even just you know steal one off your mates or a better yet use a free trial um you can go and see my life as a courgette slash zucchini just to make sure we've got all bases covered there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, zucchini is the if i get it right is the english dub and Courgette is the French original, I want to say. Aha! Uh, by the well, way, it's written by Celine Sciamma. Oh, amazing. Okay. It is about Sold. a young boy called Courgette slash Zucchini, for reasons that become apparent, who ends up in an orphanage. And it, quite often orphanage, orphanages, that's a difficult word, are depicted to be horrendous, awful places. Mm. This one finds the hope within the system. Um, and I really like the American dub because it's voiced by 
Ron from Parks and Rec. Why have I forgotten his name? Nick Offerman. Oh, yeah. As a police officer who helps Zucchini Courgette and forms a friendship with him. Yeah, there's also an epic dance sequence. They were talking about epic dance sequences. Oh, amazing. And it's 55 minutes. 55 minutes? Oh my goodness me, okay. 65, I lied, 65. Oh, 65. Well, okay, you've got me sold. That is great. Um, Okay, well, there we are. That is a whole list of stuff to check and a whole raft of platforms there. Hopefully, at least one or two of those are accessible to you to check out. So, uh, to recap, that is 120 BPM on Netflix, Pan's Labyrinth on Amazon, Force Majeure on all four, Let the Right One In on the iPlayer, Another Round and The Red Turtle on Sky slash Now, and My Life as a Zucchini, we'll go for the English language dub, on Mubi. Now, all of those will be available and hopefully still available at the time of publishing. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, these things stick around. Um, Should be all right. And yes, just in time, as we said, for Europe Day on the 9th of May. Now, a lot can happen in the next few days until this comes out, but we'll hope there's still a Europe to celebrate. Ah, uh, God. Well, that's good fun. Failing that, we could always dip into another dimension, I guess, and check out if there's a Europe there, which leads us to next week's film. <laughs> so, we are going to be talking pretty much only about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, and you know what? I don't. I know we don't do this often or always uh, with this show, but if you're listening and you've seen it, then get in touch. Let us know what you thought as well, because uh, you know I want to. I want to open open the open the discussion up. So if you want to get in touch with us and share your thoughts, obviously make sure that you're keeping things free of spoilers. We'll have all seen it by then, so it won't affect us, but it will affect others around you. Um, you can tweet us at jumpcast underscore or any of us on there by connection um and yeah just let us know what you thought we'll look forward to hearing your takes on the good doctor um before we go do any of you guys have any thoughts feelings or opinions on anything before we sign off quite a few things to be honest okay anything we can sum up in (laughs) 20 seconds (laughs) i'm joking we're good we're all good we're all good. We're all good. And that goes for everyone, everywhere, all at once. Um, Charlotte, what about you? Anything you want to get off your chest? Speak now before if I ever hold your peace. Well, until next week. I'm really looking forward to Eurovision. Really looking forward to you? Oh my goodness, yes. So excited yeah. for Eurovision. Cannot wait Probably for that. finals next week. That'd be good. Oh, holy moly. I say, when is Eurovision proper? That's... Next Saturday. Saturday the 14th. Saturday the 14th. I am... Oh no! Okay, <laughs> I am busy I on away, that day. I'm away. Oh. I'm busy that weekend entirely. I'm watching. I'm going to be watching the only European singing act that matters. And that's Sigrid. So. Oh, amazing! Oh, so Say, so, I am doing three things at once then that weekend because it's a friend's wedding, the FA Cup final, and Eurovision. So, <laughs> whoa! There we go. Uh, but yes, until next week when we talk about Doctor Strange, we should say goodbye. Uh, but for now, I've been Simon Whitlock. Alex has been Alex Gilston. Yes, indeed, I have. Yes, indeed, he has. And Charlotte Harrison, I feel like I know where this is going, has been Charlotte Harrison. Stay sexy. There it is. Catch you next time. Have a lovely weekend. Stay safe, y'all. And we love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.